church boys. Billy's Billy's giving a little <laughs> nod here. A little I'm already losing shimmy, it. Shimmy shake. Little shimmy shake. I can't. I mean, we're in Biden's America now. You got to boogie down. Was that your uh, Hillary Clinton impersonation that we were talking before we started recording? Of her when she saw the balloon head. floating up and <laughs> what a clown. <laughs> I mean, that was actually one of my favorite. Like, who? Nobody has a reaction that way unless you're trying to pretend to be excited. This and is it what goes she wrong. was doing. It's like, there are balloons. Balloons. <laughs> like she had never there's seen balloons. a balloon a day in her life. It was like, what are these things floating? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, that was Can in I that moment. Like, oh, look at Avita. Avita's got, Avita thinks she's going to take over this country. Um, is calling her Avita even a pro- I don't even know enough I, about Avita to be making I don't, know. I don't think Hillary even speaks Spanish. I would like I to know. distance myself from that comment. <laughs> I don't know anything about Avita. I just know she was she was beloved, which I guess would be a terrible comparison. Um, I, am, I am sure you just violated something or someone with I don't that know. Statement. You can't even keep track of it no, anymore. I just knows. know she was staring at those balloons like a child stares at a pizza bite. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. Uh, you guys. Wow. What are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> we, we were supposed to be talking about the inauguration. Oh, but right. America. May the odds be ever in our favor. Yes. Yeah, so I this mean, is, we are. This what? show might be canceled. Right now, it's. We are. What's eight, eight? So eight plus 24. So we're like 32 hours after he's been sworn in, right? When we're recording this. So it feels so much longer. That. Yeah. Remember Trump? Who? You guys remember? It? <laughs> he's down in Florida right now. I wonder what he's up to. Does anybody have any idea what he's up to? I would be taking a nap. I think I think I have yeah. an idea. I think I have an idea of what he's up to. Person, woman, <laughs> man, <laughs> camera, TV. You think he still remembers that? Um, <laughs> so maybe. maybe we need to get him on the show. Can we get oh him on the church voice? We. <laughs> We actually should. I've had I've can. interviewed Trump before, and it, it actually he'll be running the show. There's you have no oh, control over. I would be it would be it'd Trump be so, on the church boys. It would be the easiest interview of all time. You I would just love sit it. Back and let him go. He's like, all right. guys, I've been googling Evita since I said that to try to understand <laughs> what what in the world you were talking about. You need to about? issue a public yeah. apology to whom? I, I don't. Avita or understand. Would you like to apologize for your whiteness? <laughs> I don't even understand. I don't understand what I said, but I will tell you this. I am certain I will be canceled over it. No, I am I certain. Hope so so we'll, we'll the inauguration really, let's just start here. Yeah. I have loved politics my entire life until like 2016. And then I started to kind of dislike things. And then when 2020 came, I was like, this is a dumpster fire and it's awful. And I want no part of it. Now, Chris had sort of been on board with that. And then suddenly I'm still on board with that. But the inauguration comes and you know, those women who are so excited for a Royal wedding and it's like all they can do, they get all their little like crab cakes and their little pastries together (laughs) and they sit with their tea in front of the television. That was Chris during the inauguration. Exactly. Knitting, um, making bonnets (laughs) during the inauguration. He was so excited. Giddy. I mean, that. And I was disturbed by it. Like, doesn't matter who it is, Chris. You're just you're just down for the inauguration. So Billy has clearly mischaracterized the entire <laughs> discussion that we had about the. About, yeah, I I I like the inauguration. I don't care who it is. I like it. I like the whole process. Have you guys been to one before? 
No, uh, no, princess. So I, I'm so I went to, I'm yeah. sorry. I, had, I don't. I don't come from a royal bloodline. I went to. I went to W's first one in 2001, and it was raining, which was really nice. But um, we were right up there near the front. It was fun. I mean, it was. It's a neat experience. But the whole, I especially since, so when I, I moved to DC in '99, so I lived there for 12 years. I, that's that was that's when I really started to get into that whole process. I mean, I've, I've always thought that the inauguration stuff is interesting. Right. I was only 16 then. But in 2000, 2001, I really got into the inauguration stuff, you jerk. (laughs) I was married in 2001, if that makes you feel a little better. So was I. I married in 2001. Were you really? Yeah. You got a 20th coming up. I I do have a 20th. What's your your anniversary? Uh, That's a good question. August. It's in August. Oh my gosh! It's in August. I, I got. I have May 11th. So yeah, we're August. We're August 11th. So right, can well, we get back to making fun of Chris? Can we talk right, about right. how the fact that the word inauguration kind of sounds like a medical procedure? Like, like I just got like some bad having, news from the doctor. Like you're I guess I have done. to have an inauguration done. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Um, but so I when I talked to Chris, I was I was up. very what upset now? about this. I was very upset about but this see, inauguration. But I'm with well, but I'm with what you said about being disillusioned or disenchanted when it comes to politics. I, I'm with you. I've been sick of politics for a long time. But this I don't look at as politics. I look but at. But you still this needed is, a doily oh, during the event. Well, of course. Oh, to- yeah. <laughs> doily. <laughs> but how do you not? Can I just ask itself, you this? Though, what? How do you not look at it as politics when? Two people stand up. Well, when the president, I don't care who it is, stands up, tells a bunch of lies about unity, and then signs 17 executive orders that are directly opposed listen, to listen, unity 20 hey, minutes listen, later. You know what? It's going to come across as terrible, but screw unity because it's not going to happen. Everybody knows their platitude, their platitudes, their platitudes. I agree. That's why I hate right? the inauguration. But the inauguration is the ideal. That's what I like about it. It's like this is what America is supposed to be, and for at least an hour or a couple hours, we're kind of together. Right. We're all going. That's what the ideal is supposed to be. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody on the stage isn't full of baloney. Okay, that doesn't mean any of that. What I'm saying is the ideal is what we're seeing up there that we can put aside our political differences and go. This guy is our president. I wish him the best. I I, I, I wish him. I wish him the best. And I will I will root for him and I will side with him when I can. And with this particular president, I don't expect that to be very often. But when it happens, it'll happen. It happens, right? Do so that's you... so as far as unity goes. I don't expect any unity when it comes to policy. I expect unity and hope for unity, and which is what the inauguration is about. Hope for unity as Americans in that, right? That we can have respect for the office and respect for each other, and we can have as many differences as we want to have, but not be nasty jerkwads about it. So I don't really hate the inauguration. I have always loved watching it, but this year I actually watched zero seconds of it. And yeah. it and I, I just felt like I don't want to sit there this year and look at it and watch it and take it all in and then be annoyed three hours later when I realized that it's probably it was all everything you just described. Now, I don't I think it's very nice that we have this ceremony, but I my my BS meter has exploded. I'm at oh, the yeah. point of I just 100%. no longer want to entertain sure. any of it and I want to judge action. Yeah. And I'm sure he's going to do a lot of things we like and a lot of things you don't like. What I don't understand and Lucas, maybe you could speak into this since your pastor make pastor pants. If somebody 
is out there saying, and I've, I've encountered this when I'm like, pray for President Biden. Congratulations to B- Biden. The reaction, I'm not praying for evil. I'm not getting involved with evil. I'm not. That's the Bible stupid. commands us to you know, Jesus flip tables. And you get this like reaction to mm-hmm. praying for our leaders that is very strange. What's driving that, Lucas? Analyze this. So I actually just taught on this recently. Uh, we're going through the Book of Romans at my church. I'm doing verse by verse of the Book of Romans, which has right. been super fun. But the um, Romans, uh, you know, you have this kind of this quintessential passage, you know, of uh, chapter 13 of everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. Now, I I took an hour and a half to like break this down or whatever in over over two weeks. But one of the things that he says, like in this whole idea about submitting yourself to the governing authorities is that he says it's it's the job of these governing authorities basically to bring good uh, you know, to be God's servant, to do you good. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there is been a lot of work done on this and I'm, there's tons of people have written over this, you know, throughout church history. The general consensus is, is that the moment that the government stops being God's agent to do you good, then, you know, this idea of, of submission to it and, and, and just sort of this blanket, I, you know, ideal, uh, is, doesn't really apply from a biblical standpoint and that there is the, you know, it seems to be that a lot of the church fathers kind of looked at this and even people like John Calvin and Martin Luther as that this was a statement, not just a blanket thing that every Christian should just always submit to anything that a government ruler does, sure. but that it is we are submitting to the ruler as they as we see in them that they are God's authority to do us good. Now, if we just take that about policy, you know, then, you know, basically you'd have Christians rebelling every single time somebody gets in office that they that's not their same policy or party. And I don't think that that's what it's promoting, you know, and obviously the, the scripture wasn't written for, you know, United States lens, you know, with it. Right. But I think that, you know, we have to really look at this and, you know, I mean, I, I want Biden to do well. I want him. I want the country to do well. I am worried. I'm deeply worried and I can pray for him and I can pray for people in his cabinet and team. You know, it does. It's not easy, but I can. And but I am I am not expecting to find anything that they do, you know, really that I'm going to agree with, you know, right. already you mentioned, you know, all these these executive orders and everything else. I mean, I, I've not heard one that I went, yes, we got that. You know, there's not been one thing that really excited me. The, and the, I've not gone through every the vac- one of them. the vaccine the, to, to find common ground here. Yeah. The, the vaccine <laughs> availability thing that the executive order they're doing where they're forcing the, they're saying you have to put the vaccine into pharmacies. Right. Yes. That's, yeah, yeah. that's a good thing. That's something we can yeah, apply. I think that people right. could agree on that. Right. And, you know, I don't support. know personally if I'm running out and getting it, but I'm not anti-vax, right. you know, from that standpoint, I've just already had COVID. So I'm not in right. a hurry to go to go. Get you might not even right be able to get it. I don't even know how that works. Yeah. You have to already... wait so long, I think, before you can before you're eligible or whatever. But um, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm sure he's going to do some things just because, you know, he is he's in a position where there's going to be there's I'm going to find something I can go. Hey, good job. You know, and that was one of my frustrations about people with Trump is it wouldn't didn't matter what he did. Nobody, you know, people on the other side could not ever throw him a bone and say, hey, that you know what? I, I'm against everything you stand for. But that I appreciate it. You know, well, what and- about what about praying? So like my thing that I was bringing up is more about, you know, first Timothy two, right, where you're talking about praying, you know, praying for kings and those in authority, not that you have to agree with them or abide by, but like this, there's a rejection of actually praying for leaders that I'm seeing among a lot of Christians. And they're using the example 
and I'm of course I'm meshing together a bunch of tweets and responses. Jesus flipped tables over, which I think is actually one of the worst examples yeah, to use ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he'd also be flipping tables over because you're worshiping a politician. Mm-hmm. But le- like that's a whole other conversation. But why why is there that ever? And I know it's hard, but why are we actually saying things that are not scriptural in response to this? So yeah, first of all, I, and I agree with you. I think that the Jesus flipping table story is is you know extremely kind of we'll say overdone. I mean, the the instance of Jesus flipping tables was specifically regarding people that were trying to sell, um, essentially sell forgiveness. You know, they were selling sacrifice. You know, and and uh, you know something that w- he was offering for free that he was giving his life for, and 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 doing it in the courtyard where the Gentiles and the women were supposed to be able to to worship. Yep, absolutely. Right. And so you know, it, there's a lot of spiritual implications. That was not anything about the state or anything like that. You know that that he responded in that way. If Jesus had Jesus and Paul both had plenty of opportunities to you know throw a real big fit in front of you know uh, 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 you know major major regional leaders at that time. And neither one of them took an opportunity to do that. You know, they use that opportunity to preach the gospel and everything else that we see. Um, yeah, this whole thing of, well, I'm going to treat your president as well as you treated my president. You know, like I don't that doesn't have to be a thing, I think. And I think that it's a it's a pitfall for Christians to fall into that. My attitude is I want to treat your president the way that I think our president should have been treated. Uh oh, uh oh, look at Lucas. Look and, at Lucas dropping truth. And I'm not and I'm not saying in that that I just want to be totally nice to Biden. I think if something is wrong, we should call it out. If something is is right, we should celebrate it. And and that, you know, um now do I think there's gonna be a ton of great things coming out of the Biden, you know, administration? Man, I'm not very optimistic for that, but I would still love to think that, you know, I mean, who knows what could happen? Crazier things have happened. People get saved, you know, whatever. And, uh, um, you know, you just never know. So I am I'm rooting for him. I can pray for him. I am highly not only skeptical, I'm worried in, in from a carnal standpoint. Uh, and there's certainly a lot to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I feel like. I'm not expecting, of course, we want to work towards good. I'm not expecting the world to get better as time goes on. I'm not expecting politics to get better as time goes on. I hope they will, and we should all take steps to make them better. I think there's a danger in theology when people are like, let's make it all go to hell so that we, you know, the rapture will happen. And, you know, all these like weird sort of theologies. I think we have to work hard to preserve the country and make sure that pathways are open so people can hear the gospel and all that. Um, But I'm also not shocked to watch the bizarre things that are going on. I don't think any of us are. But I think, so to your point, Billy, that's why, listen, what I have been watching the, if what I have been watching the inauguration yesterday, if it weren't part of my job, there's a chance. Right. If there's a, But there's How a chance. I, did you make there's a chance the I might have had it on in the background if it weren't related to my job. I I don't I don't know. But I'm telling you what I watched was in, was inspiring in that this is the ideal, right? And it speaks to what you were talking about. There's all this other stuff that we get caught up in, and why don't we focus on the things that are important? And that's what to me the inauguration is about. It's trying well, to focus on the things that are important. Go ahead, Lucas. Go so ahead. I, I want to clarify because I, I'm sure there could be some people who, you know, the few listeners that we have that tend to agree with me, they might have just heard what I said and go, he just folded. Right. And so I want to be clear that, like, <clears throat> I want to find unity. I want to find opportunity. I want to pray for our leaders. I want to root for this country. I don't want to root against them. We saw a lot of people root against Obama. We saw people root against Trump. And it's like they wanted them to fail. And I think that is. That's a miserable excuse for a citizen who wants their president to fail. But 
as a as as a believer, I can yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah. as as a believer, I can pray for them. I can I can look for opportunities to share the gospel. I can do all these things. As a citizen, I want to take action with the the legal means that I have available, with the constitutional rights that I have available, to be able to see that these policies that I am cataclysmically against, you know, don't thrive. And so whether that's on a local level or on a national level, I'm going to do everything I can. So this is not just a Christian kind of sitting back and going, well, we're just going to root for our you know, leaders and these things. Right. No, I want to see policies change. I want to see the nation change. I want to right. see things restored. You know, I want to see them get better than they've ever been. And so, you know, I believe that we have to like that we need more groundwork within the conservative party and with believers than we've ever had before. And and not just a sit back sort of lackadaisical thing. So, you know, uh, that's that's kind of hopefully helps round out uh, that that belief system. Well, and I appreciate both of your perspectives. I think as far as you go, Chris, I want to be where you are. I'm just so over it that like I don't even want to see an ideal. I want to see action to an ideal. I, I don't want people to tell me anymore yeah, but that they want something. But sometimes people are so far away from what the ideal is that you at least you have to start by inspiring them. And to me, we are so far away from what the ideal is that we need this moment to to maybe it'll click for some people to see this and go, crap, we're not even close to where we should be. And that often that's the first step that it, that it takes because we're not close to where we should be. No, no, we, we're, we are not. And, and it's a good reminder for yeah. me. And so, but again, I, if you want to unify people, you don't talk about like, you know, like one of the things like, you know, bringing up the racial divide in America, we don't have a racial divide in America. We have, we have, little bitty pockets of racism, but we just create a division every single time we say that yeah. because you start assuming there is a racial divide. I have no racial divide with anybody of any race. You know, I love them all and, you know, I want to see them thrive in this nation. And those sorts of statements, you know, they counteract and they contradict all these statements of unity. And there's a lot of things that Biden could do if he really wanted to demonstrate unity that would very quickly inspire people. Yeah. I mean, I would be I would be there's like three things that he could do right now that I would be cheering. And like, I mean, I'd be hitting I'd be I'd be, you know, tweeting as fast as I could. Hey, that is how you lead. I don't necessarily agree with the whole party. So give us an example. Give, give, give an example of something he could do that could be unifying because I well, I mean, I this would never happen. But I think that he should tr he should pardon Trump just as See, but a, that as wouldn't a be unifying. Thing. But that wouldn't be unifying. That would that would sow division on his side. So I think that yeah, I mean, in fairness, sure. in fairness, passing gas too loud is going to sow division right. on I mean, either so there's, side at this point. <laughs> this this um, idea of unity. I, I in think America. that he could, you know, he could wait to, you know, uh, um, you know, shut down the pipeline. There's a lot of things like let's let's do or another study. The slaughter of babies abroad, maybe give yes. it a week. Right. Yes, absolutely. I mean, like, look, a lot of these things that he created, it was, it, and look, it's it's his party, so he's doing the things that his party wants. Like, I get that. Yeah. He's he's you know, and and you could argue that you know Trump was doing all these things for his base, but you know, I'd like to think that if I sat in that office, which I I won't even pretend for one second to understand all the pressure that exists with that. But I'd like to think one of the first things I would do is I would just sit down with the major leaders from both sides yeah. and go, let's just take our temperature and see where everybody's at right now. Right. And, you know, what's going on? And I think it's a high grade fever. If yes, it's, it's a very high grade fever with a little bit of diarrhea, I think is what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> so <laughs> I registered explosive. But if yeah. you're seeing a little bit, that's better than I thought. It was weird. Uh, it was, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, like if if we're going to I, I think that a president should be a politician and a party person while they're 
they're they're running. I'm okay with that campaigning. But the moment you become the president, you become the president, and you have to really listen to both sides. I think and and really look but for you, opportunities but you for ran, unity. Sure, that but you doesn't ran happen for, really ran, on either side. But you ran for a specific cause. Sure, allegedly. I mean, and there are more. We're divided on everything the, now, and there's more issues to be divided on. Listen, the the idea of abortion. Back when when George Washington was running for president, or Sam Adams, or or Thomas Jefferson, that wasn't that wasn't one of the topics, right? Right. You know, free speech on the internet. That wasn't. I mean, no, free speech was a was a topic, certainly, but the various ways in which it can be curbed uh, on the internet, and whether or not something like a Facebook should be forced to carry somebody's words or not. That's there's a whole How lot old more were things. you at that time, Chris. Well, I was only I was only six. <laughs> I have a very vivid memory of my this. the most vivid memory of that time was that it was cold then. Uh, oh my gosh, I yeah, I mean to your point, I mean, even guns. I mean, there's a lot of things yeah. that our technology has yeah. changed and things change and it opens up conversations that need to happen. But when we talk about people running for a cause, the cause you should be running for is America. And the problem with this two party obsession that we've got now is that your cause becomes a party, not the country that you're elected to run. I think everybody cares about the country, but it, it's almost secondary. You know, we, and we've talked well, about this. They're fighting over this. the best ways to run the country though. So it's, it's fair. I don't, I'm, I just, is it though? Because the best way to run the country wouldn't be in, in either platform, probably, if we're being honest. I mean, we could go on a whole show. That, they believe that the things that they're doing, I mean, conservatives believe, you know, which I would agree with, that the best way to run the country is, is really promoting the free market. You know, I mean, that should be, I mean, now I, I think half the conservatives don't even know what that means anymore. Yeah. But I think that, you know, that's a principle of conservatism. Um, and liberals believe, you know, whatever they believe. And so, <laughs> That's they they stand on those things. Yeah. And you'll find the, there's a book that Lucas wrote that's coming that will <laughs> oh, tell you all about perfect Seriously. place to uh, oh make a plug. God. But if I um, mentored you in college, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so I think that <laughs> did we start the show? Not yet. I think we should start the show and then come back with Joe Biden was very upset with a reporter. And I think we need to come back. Well, you hear. know, why, you know, why I was upset. You're talking about taking the temperature of the nation, right? Somebody asked him if they could if he'd take the temperature of the nation. He goes, which finger? Ladies and gentlemen. Hello! From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. Billy Hollowell. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? It's not what he said, you ignorant wretch. Chris Field. That guy in little coat. Let me tell you why I suck. Lucas Miles. I want you to forget what you saw here today. Aw, I've interrupted happy time. The Church Boys. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I hate these guys. Okay, where are we going next? I've well, we, we've got it here. For, you, you've ruined you ruined my little preview of Biden. I'm, oh, I apologize. So on day one, Biden and a reporter having a moment. Yes. So this is this is on his first fall day. This was, this was Thursday. And he was asked, he was signing his various executive orders, right? And uh, I don't know who the reporter was that asked this question, but they asked him something about vaccines because he was signing the COVID stuff and, you know, getting vaccines out in different places. And he has long, he has been saying, we, in my first 100 days, I'd like to say 100 million vaccines out, right? And so there'll be a million a day. And the administration, the Trump administration and the federal government and state governments have been criticized for not getting out the, the vaccines fast enough. 
but it came out that yesterday, I believe it was Wednesday or something, there was about 100, excuse me, 1 million vaccines that went out that day, which means you're on the pace, right? If you need a million a day for 100 days, you get 100 million vaccines, right? So this was, someone asked them about that. It's like, you you said we needed 100, that it wasn't, anyway, here we go. When I announced it, you all said it's not possible. Come on, give me a break, man. So he's saying, you know, the, the point is that he was saying that we need to get 100 million vaccines in 100 days. So we have to hit a million a day, and we're not even close to that. And the Trump administration's a failure. They don't even have a plan. And it turns out that actually we did hit a million in a day, and there actually is a plan. And Fauci came out and said uh, it's nonsense to say that there's not a plan. Should your goal be higher, basically? Like, should right. your goal? Yeah, that that's sort of the point. Hey, should we be doing more than a million dollars? A million, a million dollars, a million doses a day? And his reaction's fascinating because he's like, "You said it couldn't be done," and it's like, "Well, that's." What are you talking about? Like he's basically saying Trump, the Trump administration, for all their their faults and failures, according right. to you, has has set up a system right. in which right. now this is happening. Right? Yeah. You, you all, your reporter said it couldn't be done. Actually, maybe we didn't say that, or maybe we did, but it actually was getting done under the previous administration that you criticized for not having a plan today. Well, and we've seen reports too. Last night, you sent one to me from Bloomberg uh, News that said that basically the administration was getting worried that they had made too many promises that they were going to be able to solve COVID, and now COVID's out of control. And it's harder you know, to govern than we thought. Right, it's harder than they thought to control. Um, yeah, it's just it's funny to me. And then wasn't there another hiccup as well with his with the press with the press secretary? I'm oh, answering some yes, questions about that. our friend our friend Joe Biden and his mask. <laughs> So, executive order. So, yeah. So tell explain the executive order and then we'll get to this clip. So the executive order essentially is that anybody on federal land needs to be masked up. Right. 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 And so he signs this and then moseys on over to federal land. He's he's at the Lincoln Memorial, which is, by the way, federal land. <laughs> yes, federal land so without is, a mask on. Right. So this the entire is one, family is right. without a mask. Wednesday night. He goes to the, the, the Lincoln Memorial hours after signing the executive order that you must wear a mask on federal land, goes with his family, is talking to reporters, right? There's pictures of him close to reporters, talking to reporters. He is unmasked and his family is unmasked on federal land, therefore committing, I suppose, a federal crime of some kind. So here, here's, um, so Jen Psaki, the new press secretary, was asked about this. I, I think, Steve, he was celebrating uh, an evening uh, of a historic day. Just one moment. It's okay. So anytime he was that we're doing something wrong, if you ever want to break a federal rule, just say just, you're celebrating. Or, or I, was, I, 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 was I celebrating was a day peacefully, uh, peacefully protesting. Here we go. Let's try but, this again. Let's try this. Let's get her whole answer. I, I rudely interrupted Miss Pasaki. Here we go. I, I think Steve, he was celebrating uh, an evening of uh, a, a historic day in our country, and certainly he signed the mask mandate because it's a way to send a message to the American public about the importance of uh, wearing masks, how it can save tens of thousands of lives. We take a number of COVID precautions, as you know here, in terms of testing, social distancing, mask wearing ourselves, as as we do every single day. But I don't know that I have more for you on it than that. So he was <laughs> you sucked to start with, and you couldn't think of anything else. I don't know that I have uh, more for you than making this whole entire thing up yeah, right my, now. My, my boss uh, just completely she screwed just said up. It was, 
she would just basically said it was like, um, you know, it's just a statement. We don't really believe in it. Yeah, so it's virtue You know, singling. we're just doing that as sort of a way to show how much we care. Right. You know, but we don't care enough to actually follow it. Right. We just care enough to say it. We're, well, we're, I we heard, care enough to make you do it, just not. Yes, I, that's not. what I heard. I heard, you know, that, oh, we take precautions so we don't have to do it. If you take precautions, that doesn't matter. We were sending a message to the public. Right. Well, and you're the, part of the public, my, too, as president. My understanding is that the executive order doesn't say you have to wear a mask unless you can socially distance. It's wear a mask and socially distance. Right. Now, this, this is like silly, land. but it's an example, I think, of why people... Again, and I get it, you're caught up in the historic moment, but you know, I can't tell you how many times, literally, people in my family, people around me have gone on and on and on about Trump not wearing a mask. And and right. I He's and I have murderer. actually said and I've said, listen, I think some of that's legitimate. He could have said a better example. And here you have there are numerous examples, by the way, when the cameras were off Biden with um, Anderson Cooper a while back, when the cameras came off and they were off the air getting close to each other and talking. Yeah. Remember, There's a picture, remember I think, that. of him and Hillary just from the inauguration. Yeah, that right. Was like well, that. And the, well, and Biden and Biden ripped ripped Trump repeatedly for refusing to wear a mask. Right. Yep. Well, he's out there. He's he already has had it. He's what? What is he supposed to? Or even if he doesn't, he's an adult. He can choose whether or not to wear a mask. Well, we have and we have such a mask debate on this show as it is. But I think we could all agree that this is silly. If you're going to rip somebody else. Yeah, and all he has to say is, you know what? I got caught up in the moment. I should have wore the mask, yeah, and I didn't. I easy. actually wouldn't understand. I'd be like, I get it. Yeah, I get but it. But it's it's Absolutely. weird. It's weird. Right. It's weird to kind of say that he could do whatever he wants. It's not caught up in the moment when you've been bragging about your wife being a doctor. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like it's not caught up in the moment. Like this is a. It was multiple times repeated and again. I would love for him to never wear a mask. I would love for the whole order to get scrapped. Yeah. I would love for masks to just go by the wayside. All of those things. And people just choose if they want to wear them or not. It, to make this a law, I'm not a fan. We don't have to go there. But yeah. if you're going to be the one to say it's a law, you know, then like if Billy kept law. talking about masks and then we see pictures of Billy every time he's out without a mask on, you know, I would be like, dude, what's the deal? Well, right? he has masks on just giant holes cut in it so he can continue to feed his face. I love that one mask where it opens like a mouth. Yes, I got, want that it's one. It's got a little squeeze handle. Yeah, you squeeze it in a, like Pac-Man and closes again. Yeah, I love that one. Um, or a face shield where you could just like stuff the food under it. The, I I like the face shields that you can see people's face, but they kind of freak me out. Well, it's not like they're going to go welding or something. I, I don't understand them. They're they drive they drew they drew, they drew my wife loves. How often do you wear them. a mask, Chris? How often are you in a mask? Uh, when I if well. I would have to leave my Put home. Put him on the spot. Uh, so, like anytime. So, when I leave my home, when you, I leave my home, if I run to the store, I go to church, whatever. I, at our church, we ask people to wear masks, and I'm in leadership at the church. So on Sunday mornings, when people show up. Uh, I'll put the mask on because I'm also on stage. So it's, you know, we have a video running. So it's, we don't want to get, we don't want to get shut down. You know, it's why, why give the state that tool? I understand the idea of, well, take a stand and, and force them to shut you down. It's like, that's not the fight to have over getting shut down. Getting shut down simply because we, they're just going to say you can't meet, period. That's the fight to have. The, the, the mask, you have to wear a mask. To me, at least right now where we are in our environment, where we are, that's not really the fight we want to have. Um, so I wear one on stage uh, whenever I go into a store because that's what they have signs up there saying. And it's funny here because we're in a conservative part of the state. You are required because of Jay Inslee's order. You are required to wear a mask in our establishment, and that's wonderful. It's fun to see. 
So I wear it when I go to the store and, and, you know, at church on Sunday mornings when we're up on stage and stuff. But, you know, when you're sitting down and our Sunday school groups are, there's, you know, kind of brunch provided and stuff. Well, you don't have to wear a mask while you're eating. So we're sitting down eating because the the COVID griblies can't get you if you're sitting down and chewing and masticating. If you're standing up, right, and just standing there, the griblies will get you. But if you're sitting down and chewing and talking, the griblies can't get you. It's just, so. it's it's funny, and we've talked about it. We do not need to go back into into masks, no, but it is it, no the mentality the mentality of different parts of the country. You know, it's, yeah, it's just interesting, it and yeah. I think it's I think it's kind of fun actually. To see, I have not seen an unmasked person in any location. We were in Pennsylvania the other day, though. Yeah, we have not seen, like, no, everybody, nobody questions, everybody wears a mask in New York. They're just because they saw everybody die. But, but Mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania, not everybody wears a mask. I see unmasked people there. Yeah. So it's like even one state over when we're there, you go to Walmart, you may not have everybody in a mask. I'd say in our community, unless you're required to have in our community, unless you're required to have it in a store because you don't want the store. Listen, it's not my job. To, to take a stand for a store that doesn't want to take a stand. So I'll wear it in their store because they've got a sign that I, I don't want to put them out of business. I don't want the health person to come and say, why aren't you enforcing the mask mandate? So I'll wear it in the store. I don't have a problem with that. But for the most part around here, that's it, the people, the unmasked is 10 to one over masked at least, at least it's getting well, more and more like that here, unless you are in downtown South Bend yeah. and that's a more, you know, kind of liberal, left-leaning area and that's that's a different story but, but people uh, here also outside all the time i mean it's we're not hang out indoors people that's just not what we do i do i do love and i think somebody should like write a book on the intersection between christian small government and liberal big government and love your neighbor like this whole debate is just fascinating but we're not having it again somebody should um, write a, somebody should write a book not. about that but I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting, like how your mentality does shape yeah, yeah. how you process all these things, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, so, where do we see? First of all, how is the church? Because I think a lot of Christians, like you know, they're listening to this, maybe like, how do we process Biden, like moving forward? Because right now there's still a lot of anger and frustration. Like, what's the posture of the church, and do we think the church needs to do any image repair? So I guess I guess I need a clarification of what do you mean by how we process Biden. So how do we handle Biden? Like how do we handle it as a church? What's our posture? What's our public response in light of how the church right now I think is being viewed by some people or factions of the church are being sort of looked at as representative of the church? How do we move forward? Can we move forward as one united church? I don't feel like the church is united right now. The church hasn't been united for about, you know, I don't know, thousand years or so. I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's not a united church. I mean, you could, if we're talking about our Protestants united or our evangelicals united, you know, that's a different question. Right. But let's let's go there then. So even within that is, you know, a lot of division. I mean, I have more in common right now. I mean, you know, growing up, I'm in a, I'm in a Catholic city. So I mean, outside of like the Vatican and Boston, this is like one of the most Catholic places in America. Okay. Mm -hmm. We got the university of Notre Dame. I mean, we have St. Mary's. Um, and growing up, you know, uh, especially I grew up in a more traditional church. I kind of had this mindset that, you know, if you're, if you're a Catholic, you're not saved and you're this and you're that I'm finding myself right now having more in common with Catholic believers right now. Um, than I do a lot of people that are, you know, kind of in Protestant, you know, uh, evangelical quote, evangelical churches, because so many of those are going left. Yeah. And so Catholics who are still willing to stand up for, you know, family values and traditional family and they're against abortion and all these sorts of things. 
you know, um, there's a lot in common there. And so I, I've had a lot of, you know, fellowship with with some Catholic believers, you know, here as of late that I never would have had, you know, never would have thought I had in the past. And so um, I think that the church, I mean, this is, you know, again, not to make a plug for the book, but I mean, it's one of the reasons I wrote this book. I think that the church is divided over um, the church is divided really not over these social issues. The church is divided over scripture and is scripture our authority. And those that believe it is, I think are unified. Those that don't, that don't hold that position with scripture anymore are in a different place now. I, you re, remind you reminded me, Lucas, with what you said about the Catholics. Uh, you're, you're surrounded by Catholics. Uh, did you see that the the U.S. Council of Catholic Bishops had written a letter, a response to to Biden, a reaction to Biden being sworn in, and that it they, was like after the fact. But it was but it was all about how he's you know th- these policies are bad, abortion, yep. sex stuff, all, and the, the 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 Pope's office put the kibosh on that letter. Until after the Pope was able to yep. put out, a, which I understand. Listen, you're the head of the organization. You're like, okay, listen, you guys can criticize it all you want, but let me first, as as the the leader of this extremely small country, offer my con- congratulations to the president because you you need to do that as a political and you know um, national leader. You should yeah. you should do that. But but then they almost simultaneously put out the letter. But they were going to put it out and until the Pope said. Eh. Wait, not not I mean, yet. There, there's two. I think that 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 there is a you know what I've been hearing kind of in that world. There's there's a general view that a lot of the bishops you know within the Catholic Church have a tendency to kind of be that you know sort of play politics a little bit. But I think in your in this case, it's even more so you know with the Pope. And there's a lot of Catholics that are not happy with this Pope. I mean, it's he yeah. is not a popular Pope for a lot of the the Catholics, especially Latin Mass Catholics or more traditional Catholics. Um, that is he never held back from criticizing Trump, did he? I mean, I, I don't recall. I recall nu- numerous swipes at Trump and some of them may have been warranted. I don't remember. I just remember. Yeah. Yeah. I remember these things coming out. So is now what becomes frustrating is if that doesn't happen when somebody is blatantly implementing numerous policies that are in violation of the church, you can't pick and again, be consistent. So I'm hoping that we'll see consistency there. I, I have, you know, I, I just don't have a lot of uh, uh, confidence that no. this this pope and this president, you know, are are either one of them are going to really stand up for a lot of truth right now. So I got I got a question. So Lucas lives around a lot of Catholics. We have Catholics in our small town, but they're it's a fairly conservative community, right? Politically, so Billy, you have Catholics around you and in your family. How do they respond to what seems to me as in as a Protestant outsider, the inconsistency of someone like Biden who says he's a devout Catholic? How how do they square that circle? My experience has been interesting. And so let me I know you, measure I, I, let I, me I, be I, measured in how I respond to it, but honest in how I respond to so, it. And and I don't want you if Feel free to go no, mm, because I know it's family. No, stuff. no, 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 no. And I'm not even speaking about my family. Okay. I'm going to speak about a broader experience, which would be most Catholics who I my family in upstate New York who are Catholic are very conservative. OK, so they would line up. Not all of them, though, but they would line up on most things. Maybe not gay marriage, maybe not a couple issues. My experience with Catholicism here, and I'm not saying this is all Catholics in New York. I'm saying where I am in the people I interact with. It's very cultural. It is not. I went to a, and by the way, I went to a Catholic college. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am not a Catholic. My experience at that Catholic college was that it was much more, it was more secular 
than any other institution I had ever dealt with. And I was a public school kid. So that has been my experience. I know plenty of Catholics in my family, as well as outside, who are very devout, obviously, and they follow the church teaching and all that. But I've I've experienced more of the opposite because I think the culture in New York breeds that sort of thing, right? That, oh, I'm Catholic, but I don't believe in any of these things. And so my my college experience was shocking. I mean, I was sh- I was shocked nearly mm. daily by what went on. And this is with nuns and other people who are actually part of the Catholic Church. So, yeah, and I mean, I so I don't think people have any issue when you have people. I mean, I sat in the I sat in a classroom and had a professor hand out images. It was a Catholic college of unborn ba- like early stage unborn babies and ha- and, and so it didn't even look like a baby, right? It's like a sonogram and ask everybody what do you see here? And everybody in the room is describing it. Oh, I see black circles, I see a white circle, I see whatever. Well, some people would call this a baby. Does that look like a baby to you? I mean, these are memories that I have that stood out as oh my gosh. Wow. Right. Okay, so and I love that professor, actually, interestingly. But that was a little horrifying to me. So I don't think people have any issue with it. They Most most of the people here that I've interacted with, they support abortion rights. They are, support gay marriage or they don't really have a problem with it. They, they wouldn't line up with the – which then begs the question, are you really Catholic if you don't believe in Catholic? Well, it's what, it's what Lou Holtz got in trouble for was calling you know, or insinuating that Biden was Catholic in name only. Yeah. You know, which the University of Notre Dame then, of course, came out afterwards and said it's never right to question anybody's faith. And they had a very, you know, sort of political thing from That's the president such, of Notre Dame, which yeah. I'll probably get in trouble for, you know, at all. sounding like I'm criticizing. Can I ask a question about that, though? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's our right. I mean, we know this from Scripture to doubt what we can't we can't say that we know what's in somebody's heart. But if somebody is telling me they're a member of an organization and this is where I struggle with this and the organization has very clear written bylaws. I'm not talking about Christianity necessarily here. I'm talking about the Catholic Church, which is part of Christianity, but but they have very clear rules, and you don't believe those rules. And not only do you not believe them, you enact policies that reject those rules and say things that reject them. Then the natural question would be, do you agree with the rules of that organization? I don't right. think that's a wrong question to ask. And there it, is, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. And well, it's it's and it's, so that makes you ask the question: Is this person actually Catholic? And I think that you can even have the discussions about: Is the person Christian? Now, I can't judge a person's heart, but I can judge their fruit, right? And if if I see if if I find out that Billy's out stooping the secretary, right, or Lucas is is beating his Nazi wife, okay. <laughs> And if I see, you missed and I last see, week's episode, please yeah, for context, so, please. I, I prefer these things to stay out of context. Um, She's wonderful. Please to be noting. Uh, is so, But you see, you can look at that kind of behavior, especially, right? This outward behavior. You're going, my bet is they're not a Christian, right? That doesn't sure. mean there, there's there's everybody has things that they struggle with. Absolutely everybody does. And there are things that we that go unseen. That we, we the, the, so we can't, we're the fruits we can't judge, you know? But it, you can look at someone's behavior a lot of times and go, my guess would be not a Christian. Don't get to judge their heart, but you put a gun to my head and ask me to make a guess. Okay, I'll make a guess because my guess doesn't Im- impact their eternal, you know, where they're going to spend eternity anyway. But even if I, I don't, I'm not even going to go, I'm not even going that far. I'm saying like if the local Episcopal church, which has very clear rules written down that I might not agree with theologically, 
has these rules and somebody believes them, they may not line up with what I think biblical Christianity is, but those rules are in line with right. the Episcopal Church. So right. I would but say I'm just, that but I'm saying like, Episcopal. But for Catholics, right. so, and yes. correct me if I'm wrong, Lucas, for Catholics, so if you're not acting like a Catholic and following the Catholic dog, you're not a Christian because Catholicism is Christianity. I mean, I don't know as though everybody would hold it at that level, but that's certainly that's certainly you know. Uh, I mean, history would kind of be on the that's, side of that opinion. A, that's as not far an, as the that's not uncommon. That's not an uncommon stance for a lot. No, of No, it's Catholics. not an uncommon stance at okay. all. And you know, there would be you know basically this belief that you know a lot of times. I mean, what would have happened in the past? There was actually uh, uh, there was uh, Augustine's mentor, um, and his name is totally escaping me right now. But um, he um, he actually withheld giving. The sacraments or communion to the emperor that time until he like repented of some things that he had done and kind yeah. of fixed it in society yeah. and so he had the power you know to be ambrose uh saint ambrose and so ambrose withheld you know communion and so the emperor went and fixed what he had to fix and he came back and he apologized and he repented and then you know ambrose served in communion yeah. and so it just showed the power that the state had in order to be the conscious at that time you know of of or that, that the church had to be the conscious of the state you know this this is a topic that i get kind of like you know, I get all hot and bothered about because I think that we have this Christian belief that, uh, you know, we're not supposed to judge anybody. And there are there is context around those statements in Scripture. Uh, you know, one of those would be and, and you know, this is I, I've been spending my time in Romans, as I mentioned, you know, but we see kind of in Romans, uh, you know, uh, really 14 and 15, this idea of the, you know, people that were, you know, not eating meat and those who were eating meat and kind of the weaker brother and the stronger brother and this whole conversation there. And this is a a um, a disputed issue, you know, about something that, you know, really was not a area of big importance in the big scheme of things. And Paul's like, you guys got to stop judging each other. And he gives all sorts of context to that. The same person who writes, don't judge, is the same person, Paul, who spends the majority of his epistles clarifying who's a pagan, who's a heretic, who's screwing up. Who did this. Yeah. And, and he is constantly yeah. calling people out. He's the same guy who wrote to Timothy that says rebuke with all authority, you know, that we have the ability to judge what is true in the sense of, no, I cannot judge somebody's heart, yep. but I can judge what's happening according to Scripture. And I have the ability as a believer to call out other believers right. and say, it's not right. Yeah, I do think and Paul I'm not is... talking about disputable issues, you know, about things like right. about, you know, churches that say, oh, you can't dance or those that say you do or people's stance on alcohol. But when we're talking about the life of a person and disregarding that or about, you know, do all roads lead to God, you know, sort of like universalism mm -hmm. that creeps in. And I'm still going to say I'm a Christian, even though I'm a universalist or embracing same sex marriage or, you know, whatever this is. We have the ability as Christians to rebuke that. And right. I think it's our I think it's a responsibility. I, I, don't you think I mean, again, you're the you're the smart one here. The Bible, the, the scholar with all the time to read things like St. Augustine. Uh, also, I'm, I have a, I also have extremely low IQ. So there's that. But I, my understanding is when I read Paul is that he when he talks about not judging, he's talking about not judging the heart, which you've mentioned and we've mentioned, and also uh, avoiding hypocritical judging. Right. And that's mm -hmm. don't don't be a hypocrite, you dope. Right. That's yeah. that's that's kind of his spiel. Can can I can I shift gears here a little bit or please, do we have more do, to like, do some, like litigate? There's something with this that I want to bring up because I, I think this is interesting and I want to know maybe I'm wrong or crazy here. Trump has, I think there are, there were moments when Trump had sort of, you know, used the Bible to try to, you know, 
bring people you, in politically. Trump I don't want to get said myself something about the Bible. Take away your guns, destroy <laughs> your Second Amendment. No religion, no anything. Hurt the Bible, hurt God. Yes, that there you go. Okay. Uh, so, but I find it, I found it really interesting that Biden and I actually have no problem with Biden quoting the Bible, citing the Bible. But the times that Trump has done this. And again, warranted sometimes the critiques of Trump. Mm -hmm. You again, you have somebody quoting Catholic hymns and the Bible, and then going and enacting things that that, and and nobody's saying anything about it. And I'm like, wait, this was wrong when Trump did it, but suddenly it's well, not wrong no, or a problem when Biden. It's it. a problem to quote scripture if you believe it. Right. You're not allowed. You are perfectly within your rights to quote scripture as long as you don't actually believe it or to intend to do anything that might reflect the importance of that scripture. It, yeah. And, and I would say, like, in Trump's case, and, you know, here's the defense is I heard him say on a number of occasions, I'm not a very good Christian. I'm new at this. I'm not very good at this. You know, National Prayer Breakfast this last year, you know, he sat there and said, look, I'm not very good at this. You guys have been doing this a lot longer than I have. I'm not very good at forgiving. You know, and he talked about these things. And Are so, you going to the virtual prayer breakfast, by the way? Were no, you invited? I, I was not invited. I don't think any of us were. I think everyone in America is just invited this year. Um, <laughs> Billy's, watch out. Billy will take your seat. You understand. I will. I will take your ticket. And, and take your, your sandwich. One of the most coveted tickets in Washington. And every time That's I'm no there, joke. I'm like, but I'm like, it really is. And I'm like, why am I, why am I sitting in this crowded room? Every time I'm like, this is going to be so much fun. And then I'm like, I'm not seated next to anybody I know. I enjoyed anyway, it. Love that stuff. I, I, love I that go to stuff. the dinner the night before, and then I'm ready to go. <laughs> Billy, uh, was, was Chris he raptured? He doesn't. I'm here. I just saw his soul leave his body for a second. Oh no! Yeah, th that was definitely a, a pre-trib rapture. You guys, you, um, guys you guys, you guys glitched a little I don't bit. Know, here, we might be in came, the tribulation right now. <laughs> but, but am I wrong about the citation thing? And I know you're defending Trump, and you are right. I mean. I do think that I do think that Trump, you know, you, he knew that he had a group of people he was courting them and some of them he has legitimate friends. I'm not doubting the legitimacy. Of, I'm just saying it does seem weird to Chris's point for somebody to start studying the Bible and the media is like almost fawning over it. His faith shines through. No, oh, your right, faith yeah. shines right. through in how you behave they spent and what all this, you do. And I, I will go ahead. They've spent all this time. They've spent all this time, you know, uh, uh, criticizing Marco Rubio for quoting scripture on his Twitter right. feed. It's like, dude. You don't rip him and then praise Biden for because what you have done is revealed exactly what I said. And that is it's fine to quote scripture as long as you do not have any intention to do anything that might actually reflect what is said in that scripture. Yes. And I will say, I think where Biden does do that is in how he treats people. I think you see now I'm not saying that that's a reflection Terry. of anything. Other than, I think What's it's it? that influence of how he treats people. I I, I have to hand him credit. He's going to fire people on the spot allegedly. Yeah, I who, thought that was great. Yeah, I who mistreat people. Um, and I, I think he's a genuinely nice guy. My issue is more with policy. I think, and I know there are some Catholics who would say, well, it doesn't matter because policy isn't his personal views. They're separate. But when you listen to what people are saying as they're discussing policy, you get a lens into what they think about it. No, I mean, I, I have an issue though, that, you know, we've just exchanged truth and principles and values for people who are nice. And I don't care how nice somebody is. If everything that comes out of them from a value and principle standpoint sucks, you know, because it, it, it you know, when Jesus said, you know, the fruit, you know, you know, the tree by its fruit. Yeah. And yeah, we could say, Oh, he's nice. That's a fruit. 
I would say that what you're actually well, standing is. up for kindness is a fr- kindness is a fruit. Kindness it's, is a it's, fruit, it's and listed. I'm not opposed it's one, to. It's listed. But right. but it's it, this is this uh, to me like there's still. The, look, I, I I can applaud Biden for uh, I thought the way he handled the Trump letter, and mm-hmm. I don't know what Trump left him in a letter, but, but you know I won. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you know, saying saying that it was a very generous letter. You know, I thought was great. I yeah. that was something that to me was was helped a fraction help towards unity right. you know I, and so I, I can i can applaud that right but you I, know, I, well, just I agree though if you're if you're if, if they're putting out bad policies it doesn't matter so much that they're nice except for the fact that we've got a whole slew of problems we got a thousand problems right one of those many problems is this divisive and nasty nature which part of came from the trump white house Right. Because that's just that was his nature. That's we knew that was we knew what we were getting when we bought it. OK, we we got that. That's Isn't one of a thousand yeah. things that needs to be dealt with. That that being dealt with, I think, is something worth praising. Does that is that the be all and end all? Absolutely not. Does it's it matter in the long run if he if he pushes a bunch of policies that results in millions of babies being killed and same sex marriage, you know, being the, the most common thing in the world. And, and everybody who decides that they're uh, the, uh, the opposite sex is suddenly the opposite sex until they decide they're not. I mean, all of those things, do, does the niceness matter that much if all of those bad things happen? Right. Not really, but is it one of the many myriad problems we need to deal with? It is. Sure, well, and I'm a big fan of civility. Like, I want to see civility right. restored and people be able to disagree in order to ha- with... In order to even have the debates, we have to have some civility, right? If the we want to have though, a debate I think we're past debate in a lot of these cases, and not everybody. There's, there's, I think, I think there's, there are Democrats that have not fully gone over to Marxist thought, but there is so much Marxism, you know, within the left right now that that's, it's no longer a debatable thing. We're not just arguing about policy. We're arguing right, about... But- about philosophy, right? And that's but it's a more than, level. but it's more than just the people who are enacting who are the Marxists. It's the people, it's our average people on the street who don't have any clue. They just kind of go with it. Well, I like this what this guy's saying. This guy's a Marxist. They don't know that, but I like what this guy's saying. Well, you can't even have a conversation with them right now because of how divisive things are. Those are the people we got to reach, and that can be reached with civility. And if yes. Biden can bring that in, that helps our chances not to convince Joe Biden. Right. right. Not I to convince think, Kamala I, I Harris, think, but to convince I, our neighbor across the street that we're not D bags. Right. That, that we can have see, a conversation. That's the problem, though, when we and I'm not you didn't do this, Lucas. I'm not attacking you. I'm, but when we excuse everything, and I know you've never you've not done this. So I just want to make that clear. Uh, but when we excuse it all, I mean, because there is something to that fruit and i have heard people who are and look people are always going to say this who aren't believers right they're going to criticize and they're going to have an issue with faith but i've heard people say how can you defend dot 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 and i think at the end of the day there's times that we can't and that inconsistency among some you know to we we if we excuse those things then then we're going to have to excuse them later for somebody else and that's where we hit a problem and you know listen none of us are perfect it's it's difficult i do think the church has an upward hill to climb a little bit right now and you know trying to figure out how do you move forward and yes the church has always been divided but evangelicals in particular right now are very splintered and that that's troubling to me and that's and that's where we is that most people we got 330 million people in this world in this country do you know how many of those people actually pay attention to what's going on in washington dc 12 what 30 million maybe 
Let's be let's 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 say let's be generous and say there's 130 million. You're still talking about 200 million people who don't know their head from a hole in the ground, right? Who don't know that they're completely lost. But what they do see is a bunch of divisions and a bunch of people on our side, right, on the conservative Christian side, being jerks, sure, and defending yeah, yeah. someone. Not again. Whoa. And defending, you're getting. Now you're I'm having dizzy. fun. I'm moving us around. And and, Sorry. and defending. That, that was. I thought it was just happening. And, de- and defending somebody. And defending some things that Trump was and the way he was acting, like, well, he's just bringing roughness back so that so that he's putting these people in their place. Well, listen, I get that, right? But now I, my goal is not to have a conversation with a, a, with Diane Feinstein, Senator Diane Feinstein, and try to change her view on things. My goal is to be able to have a rational conversation with the parents of teenagers I work with who might disagree with me politically and might disagree with me philosophically, but to be able to have that discussion with them and be able to say, this is my point of view, right? I'm not going to defend brash, irresponsible behavior. I'm not going to defend it. It, mm. may be, it may be warranted. These people may have it coming, right? I'm not gonna, that, that's not the way I'm going to act with you. And so I think that if Biden, if Biden can bring some of that, I think Biden. that actually, what's that? Biden, you called him. If Biden. Biden, if Biden, if Biden can bring some of that. Think about the royal wedding. If, if, if Biden can Biden bring some Kate. of that, if Biden can bring some if of Biden. that to our discourse, I think that it actually helps the right. I think it can if we're willing to use it. Yeah, and maybe this is a moment. You know, maybe this is a moment to say, you know. Maybe he is going to try. I'm I'm trying to be uplift uplifting You're and positive. Here for me. I mean, I know listen, at the end of the day, my hope is that somebody who has been in government longer than Chris has been alive, which is centuries. Rarely. But I mean would, would hopefully see I do think that Biden genuinely sees the pain, division, hurt, and chaos. The problem is that when you have power and you're running more than one branch of government, essentially, you are going to be emboldened to make things happen. But there may be some elements of this and listen this maybe this isn't going to be bad for for christians and for the church maybe this is a moment that we need to regroup and rethink how we approach politics in general because a lot of us are nuts and we are way off and we're wacky and there's QAnon and some weird stuff percolating among a small group that that is this this prevalent thing within the church i wouldn't say prevalent but i think nationalism these issues are there but they're small but it's a big enough group of people that i think we need to address it i, I think the wrong. nastiness is prevalent within the church i think that there are words that are getting hijacked and i think that even something like nationalists you know and yeah. that has all the sudden i mean if you would have talked about that 20 years ago would have had a whole different stigma right. even just pre-trump it would have had a different stigma yeah. And, you know, the and and that like it's just now associated with, you know, with Hitler or something like that, which who was a the, the a socialist nationalist, right. which is a whole different thing. Right. Than a, you know, uh, somebody who would, you know, have a patriotic view towards their country. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, we just had we've allowed these things to get hijacked. We've even the word liberal has been hijacked by the left that originally meant conservatism. I mean, it had to do with, you know, free market and freedom. And we allow these things to get stolen and, and they're taking they are taking our lunch and popping the bag and they are quite happy to do so. And we're talking around about how nice we need to be to each other. And I, I just look, we can be nice, but we have to speak the truth. Sure. And I can't be offended if somebody is or I can't I can't you know, I can't stop calling, uh, you know, it's, it's and can I speak the truth in love? Yes. But right. the loving thing is to speak the truth. Right. 
And and I think that, you know, if we if we don't if we, you know, shirk back from that or, or shrink away in some way, I think we're going to regret it. So I, I hope I that this is one of these things where the church rises up. I 100 percent agree with you. And that gets back to our point about Jesus flipping the tables. Right. We're not we're not supposed we're not the ones to be flipping the tables. Right. Jesus gets to flip the tables. Right. Our job is to do what he told us to do. And that is right. Love. You know, show show mercy. It's not just pray for your enemies, pray blessings for your enemies. I mean, that's that's kind of convicting, right? Pray for your yeah. leaders, pray, pray, you know, lift them up, hope for the best for them, right? Right. So it doesn't it, say get kind, people back. Show kindness. And, but we and also with, we have to make sure that we're not them, oh, sorry, that we're not condoning something or sure. or giving the appearance of agreement. You know, like I can I can you know want the best for you and disagree with you. And so we have to make it clear what yeah. we what we believe and where we stand. You know, Paul said things like anybody who teaches another gospel let him be eternally condemned. Yeah. You know, and again, I'm I'm known in my circles as a radical grace preacher. So don't hear this and think I'm some sort of bigot. Most of the church will not have me yeah. there because of how extreme I teach the gospel of grace. Yeah. And you know, but but in this in this world I sound like a, a like a legalist or a bigot because I'm willing to stand up for, you know, certain, you know, these, these biblical truths. And so, you know, I think that, you know, what we see the example, not just, you know, with Jesus, but we see it throughout the new Testament with other disciples is they were willing to say things. I don't have any, I don't have any issue with anybody just in the world who does not call themselves with a Christian on how they live. Yeah. They can, if they, if they say they don't believe in God, if they're an atheist, if they, if they just, you know, they don't know what they stand they're they're a pantheist, whatever they are, they can believe however they want. And they're free to do that. The moment somebody says, I am a Christian, I follow Jesus, I follow the Bible, and yet every single policy, every single thing in their life is completely opposed to Scripture, I believe that we must speak out. And we cannot. Paul said, don't even have a meal with those people. Yeah. You know, I mean, he said, don't even eat with them. Right. And, so, and and I think that we have to, like, look at these things. And but take you can do it without being nasty. A hundred percent. We can do that. And that's my point. Yeah, I'm not talking about being hateful or anything like that. That's my. I totally, totally agree with you about taking. I totally agree with you about taking a stand. I'm just. My point is getting rid of the nastiness. And I think that I'm I'm on board with that. And with Biden, that's again one of the many, many myriad problems we have that I hopefully Biden's going to be able to deal with is nastiness. In order Mm -hmm. to be able to have these conversations, I want to get back to the nationalism thing. I just want to clarify before we go here, okay? Because. I do think words are being hijacked, but I, I do think there's a problem in the church. I I have seen it. I have seen it. Maybe you guys haven't. I don't know. Where When I'm talking about nationalism, you could talk about it in a political sense. I think when that creeps into the church, you have people embracing politics to the detriment of a nation, meaning our faith, right? That we actually put it before our faith. You know, usually when we talk about nationalism, we're talking about you know, prioritizing our country being patriotic sometimes over other countries, obviously, which is fine, I think, in a political sense. But in this case, I think the church does have a problem of bringing America up to a level that is a notch or two. Like people cry. There are people who are crying, storming the Capitol. Not every the 99 percent of the people who were there were peacefully protesting, but they were acting in ways that some of them probably never have about faith. Right. Like the level of emotional turmoil over Trump and losing an election when that's happening and that's not happening in your faith walk. And I know people like this Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying I'm perfect because I'm a disaster. I'm just saying 
then something is above where your face should be. And I would actually say that that's a nationalistic problem. Uh, what, in the but, and it can be said for I, the people no, wait, on the wait, left. Wait, wait. But it can there be said is... about people on the left, too, who were crying yesterday. Yeah. That yay, Trump's 100%. gone. I just, I'm just overcome with emotion. Like, 100%. you haven't shown that kind of emotion about your faith in the last 20 years. But you're crying uh, about the fact that Kamala Harris is now the vice president of the United States and God's going to save us now. I would agree with that. I have I take issue and I think I understand your point, Billy. So I'm not disagreeing with everything that you said, but I take issue. You know, again, we have to be careful, you know, in referencing things like the 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 handful of yahoos that stormed the Capitol. You know, many that came out that really had nothing to do with faith, nothing to do with Trump. And certainly there were some that did. You know, the guy who just uh, was the one accused of, you know, um, beating the cops with the bat. I just saw the headline yeah. said, I didn't do this for Trump, you know, or whatever. And I don't know the full story to that. But the this is not that is not the church. That is not a representation of the church. That might be certain Trump supporters. That might be whatever. I'm not trying to defend Trump in that. I'm defending the church and saying that, like, this is not an epidemic within Christianity that. You know, every every single person is now, you know, put the state above right. above, you know, Christ. I think there's a sizable portion of people. I, I think if and this is where we'll probably disagree. We don't need we, we don't have to litigate it today. But if 100,000 people show up to protest an election based on something that they think is true when it's not, we've elevated politics over truth. And, and that I will stand on because I think that that's true. So I love a lot of those people. and I know a lot of them. I think that they're wrong, and I think they've elevated politics over truth. And that, I would say that, a, and I, I would, if if that's why people showed up, then that would be that would be concerning. I don't think that's why a lot of those people showed up. I think a lot of the people those people showed up to show support for a president that they that they honor, which is fair. Which is fair. I, yeah. I think I and we can't know what's in people's hearts, but I do think because I've done this. I know it's I have, yours. I have put politics over Jelly donuts. many times, it's many, dark, many times. It's dark and cobwebby. Have you have you two ever done? I mean, I have put politics and sure. my belief in the Republican Party when I was Republican way ahead of my faith. A hundred million. That's nationalism. That's a problem. And so I know I'm not alone in that. I well, know people who struggle with this. I think that I think that I think that that's a fair criticism. I think that you can I think you see it on Facebook frequently. So people spend a lot more time talking about their political preferences than talking about the things that actually matter for eternity right sure and i think a balanced view of that is going look i love my country i believe that america is the greatest place on earth you know i've traveled i've traveled to 22 countries and i i believe in america i believe it is one of the greatest vehicles for the gospel uh it's it's a tool it's a resource it's a safe haven for a lot of people it's not heaven it's not even close to heaven uh, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to, you know, I want to see a better America for our future, you know, people that are on this earth and our descendants and everything else. But it, we, we are never going to replicate, you know, this perfect utopia and not need eternal, you know, eternal life. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, we find it in its place and we can celebrate that and it's okay to be patriotic. And, and in fact, I, I think it's a great thing to be patriotic. But, you know, if we're if we're kind of going God, I don't want to go to heaven because America's so great. You know, can I just stay here a little longer? That's a problem. And I think there's a lot of people that because they don't trust God fully, because they don't know. I mean, they don't they you know, they don't want to. They'd rather go to Disney World than heaven in their mind, you know, just because like, well, they got Mickey, you know. And so yeah. it's it's uh, I, I think that, that I think there are distortions. So I would agree that there are distortions in that. I don't know if I would call that fully nationalist, you know, but I, I, I understand the point. Yeah. We can litigate it later. There we go. We've solved the world's problems. That. Actually, think this is an important episode. We weren't as light and funny, but these are things people are wondering. They want to know. Well, they want to know. They're used to Lucas not being funny. I am rarely funny. Well, it's the doofus brigade, so they're definitely used to that. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, and if you haven't checked out the Lucas Miles show, we had oh, a guest, Lord. Billy Hollowell, recently. Very and smart man. Very smart man. Stupendous got some, man. Got some great reviews. Some might say he's a great man. <laughs> the great man. Stupendous. Marvelous. Some might say I hear he's a nationalist, but. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. Hurting God. Hurting Bibles. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get out of here. Why isn't this working? I hit the button and it's not playing. He's so old. He's so old. His board's as old as he is. Pause. There we go. Let's try this again. Let's. Why don't we wrap up the show now? There you go. Find it. <laughs> Turn it. Uh, you pass the doily. <laughs> the queen's gown. How, how did you like the queen's gown, Chris? Was it pretty? Oh, uh, did you watch Lady Gaga? She was amazing. She nope. is her rendition was, was that look dead. on her face was like I just soiled myself. <laughs> the Church Boys. Come on, give me a break, man. How about new? I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public probably- judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. There's probably uh, possibly drugs involved. That's what I hear. <laughs> <laughs>